you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. That's what it is. It's a beautiful day to talk about football. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Ram Trucks. Live here in New York City, we are on the doorstep of March, March 1. I'm Jamie Erdahl. Jason McCourty is here. Okay, we are your mainstays. Yes. We've got a lot of shifting happening this week, but that's <laughs> because people are places we have everybody covered. we got this McCourty here. we got Dev McCourty on this side, who at this point feels like a veteran, because Ryan Leaf now is in Peter Schrager's <laughs> chair, and Schrager's in Indianapolis with Tom Pellicero. We're going to hear from him shortly. Dev, hit him with it. <laughs> it's time for the lead block! There lead block. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. It's the home of uh, great basketballs, but also... The NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, scouts are descending upon Indianapolis, not just the prospective players and draft picks, but also every coach, GM, owner, anyone who wants to go where their name tag represent their team and get eyes on guys that uh, they could draft at the end of April in Kansas City. Uh, begins tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, on-field workouts. Everything you can see right here on the network and NFL+. Plus. Shrags and Pelicero, as we mentioned, are joining us live from the Circle City. What's up, guys? What do you guys want to talk about today? Hey, Jamie. Uh, it's great. We're now here again live from Indianapolis. Uh, the players, the prospects are going to be speaking today, but also we have several head coaches and general managers still speaking. But it has been a whirlwind of news since we last spoke, but let's spin it forward. Today, Tom, I'm looking at the, the schedule here. 1 o'clock p.m., Eric DaCosta, the Ravens GM, is going to address the media. Your thoughts as we set the table for what the day is ahead? We haven't really heard a whole lot from the Ravens Brain Trust since that postseason press conference where John Harbaugh said there's a 200% chance Lamar Jackson's going to be the quarterback. Eric DaCosta, while certainly cautious, also spoke optimistically about getting a deal done. Yet here we are. It's March 1st. We are less than a week away from the franchise tag deadline. There are no signs that they are close to a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson, which brings into focus something that we were talking about back on Super Bowl Sunday, which is if they can't get a deal done, their plan is to tag Lamar Jackson. We don't yet know will that be the exclusive tag where no one else can talk to him and potentially they could take trade offers on him. Or is it the non-exclusive tag where they're basically daring somebody else, hey, 
come do the deal that we can't, and then maybe we match it or else we take a couple of first-round picks. So we'll see exactly how DaCosta paints the picture of where things stand right now with Lamar Jackson. There is a scenario in which Lamar Jackson could end up being traded for a windfall of draft picks mm-hmm. here. These are all decisions they're going to have to make. And oh, by the way, in just a few days, we're going to see some of those quarterbacks, yep. including a guy in Anthony Richardson, who plenty of people have linked as a possibility for Baltimore style of offense. Absolutely. We see Frank Reich is going to speak today. John Harbaugh is going to speak today. We'll have several guests on this show. Yesterday, Joe Shane spoke to the media, the general manager of the New York Giants. As we know, the backstory of it, uh, Daniel Jones left his first agency, came to another agency. There's a number that's been thrown around that is very high. Joe Shane addressed the media. Your takeaway from his talks. I think that it kind of reflects what we've been discussing, which is that the Giants, in an ideal world, would not use the franchise tag on anyone. You only get one. You can't tag two different guys. And so if they don't work out a long-term deal with Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, they're going to have a decision to make. Here's what Joe Shane had to say about that yesterday. If then scenarios... We're going through those, so if it gets out of hand and it's 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 out of our comfort zone, you know we have the tag. We have we can only tag one player. We'll use that, and if somebody's got to walk, then you know it's it's unfortunate, but uh, that's a part of the business, and we're still build, building a team, and you know that's important to keep in mind. I would love to have them both back. Yeah, I think they work well with each other. Their entire careers in the NFL, they've been together. You know, I do think they again they complement each other well, and we're, we're trying to we've had again productive conversations with both the representatives, and you know again the, the goal is to hopefully get something done. So remember, they've spoken all along about these two guys being core parts of the future. So it is a little bit jarring when you hear Joe Shane saying, hey, if somebody has to walk, they have to walk. But that's the reality of the situation right now. What does Daniel Jones want to do, depending where the numbers go? At some point, does he take the best offer? Does he say, hey, my downside here is you're going to tag me over the other guy, so $32 million for one season, and then I'm up for free agency or a second tag next year? That's a process that Dak Prescott went through with the same agency that Daniel Jones Hmm. just hired and then ended up signing it the second year after playing out on one tag. It's a fascinating type of discussion. And also remember, if they get the Daniel Jones deal done, the Saquon tag, the running back tag, is only about $10 million. It's much more palatable. But again, you only got one of them. They're going to have to figure it out. They've got to pick one of the two or neither at all. We go back to New York where I know Giants and Jets talk is uh, in all of the headlines and all over the newspapers. Jamie Erdahl, take it away with the boys on uh, the Daniel Jones-Saquon situation in New York. Peter, it does feel like you still have your strings back here because somehow yesterday we led with Jets quarterback talk and now we're doing Giants talk. I mean, what are you doing? I know you're an indie, but we know you have some pull. Leading the conversation down this path, of course, it's an easy one to go down. After hearing Joe Shane speak yesterday, of course, Joe Shane hired as the GM of the Giants 14 months ago. So hearing him say, oh, I'd love to have both of those guys back, it'd be weirder to hear him say the opposite. So I think it's a natural thing to say at this juncture, but it's kind of a more challenging reality than that. So how do the Giants go from here and and is it the best bet for them to bring both of these guys back the best bet can be defined so many different ways and i look at this and i say yes it would be very good for the new york giants to have both of these guys back on their roster when you look at daniel jones all last offseason all we talked about was is he the guy or not and we criticized and we looked back at his career and we talked about hey he's had so many different coaches in his young career and then brian dable comes in and stabilizes daniel jones and this guy takes Takes off career highs across the board and passing and rushing touchdowns all of those things every stat you can look at all the way to completion percentage Daniel Jones rolls up the board and when you look at that two of his best receivers out there was Isaiah Hodges who comes over from the practice squad from the Buffalo Bills and then Darius Slayton a receiver who the Giants drafted but was kind of written off in the beginning of the season so Vanilla Vic did this without
a ton of weapons around him and figured out a way to get it done. And that's in year one with Dable. So to me, the amount of growth that he can make of still having him there, being with these coaching staff with another year, I think it's huge and it's a big upside opposed to bringing in a new guy and trying to teach him the system. And the same goes for Saquon. Now, I know the running back position is very different. I mean, you look at Isaiah Pacheco and him coming in and taking off as a seventh-round draft pick for the Chiefs. But the difference is, in New York, the offense revolved a lot around Saquon and everybody kind of ate off of him. Where for a guy like Pacheco, when you have Mahomes in there, yeah. it's a little bit different. Yeah, we got the question last night around, is this the best option? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it's not the best option because he hasn't been the best quarterback, yeah. right? And Saquon's not been the best running back because he's been hurt, you know, and he's been out a bunch. 21 games I think he's missed so far uh, in his career. So it's not your best option. It's what you have at your feet right now. And it's one where that has a lot of success, right? The team got to the playoffs this year. They won a playoff game on the road, right? So there's success in this. They just don't want to pay through the nose. And I also like the idea of, hey, maybe if we end up having to franchise tag him and kind of prove that he can do this again in Brian Dable's offense. Maybe it's one of those things where, you know, second-year defensive coordinators have a better idea what to do against him. They present problems, and he's not the guy, and they can go look somewhere else. So I wouldn't mind a franchise tag here. If Saquon goes, we talked about this, running backs in the new iteration of the NFL, the modern NFL, you can find running backs in a lot of different places. You look back at Super Bowl champions over the last decade or so, they don't have a bell cow running back. It just, it it hasn't existed. There's been running back by committee is what won you championships. Your time in New England, you understand that specifically. You had a bunch of running backs that were really good and complementary to one another. Yeah, definitely. And those running backs all played a role in an offense. But I think the difference in New York is this is the best option because Saquon Barkley doesn't play a role. He is the star there. And Daniel Jones is a star. And we're talking about the New York football giants. This is where legends are made. Yesterday, Eli Manning's on the show. We have Sean O'Hara on the show. Yesterday in just conversations, I talked about Justin Tuck and Michael Strahan. Like, this is what the New York Giants football is made of. So we look at the records over the last few years. This year, 2022, they go 9-7. And And 21, 4-3. and 26-10. Like, 4-13. Like, we look at these records. No one wants that in New York. They want a team that wins. So you bring in Brian Dable. People are like, you know, let's give him some time. He'll figure it out. Right away, you just said it, Ryan. We go to the playoffs. We win a playoff game. So now if I'm a New York Giants fan, I'm excited. This team's ready to go. So even maybe there's a chance it's not your best option per se, but what's your next option? Do we want to be stuck here and saying like, oh man, we got to hope this guy pans out. We got to see how it goes. The Giants are tired of wait till next year. Man, I'm telling you in two years, we'll be fine. They want to see wins. They want to see wins now and that's what happens when you're in New York. Jo- Joe Shane's job is the business of the Giants. Mm-hmm. It's putting all the money together and the players and crafting the best roster and the best team. Brian Dable's job is best football, best product on the field. I'm curious in Brian Dable's first year as a head coach in New York, he did some gutsy things, let's say, early at Tennessee. Some of those like yeah. two-point conversions he was going for. And you're like, man, this guy. I almost think that Dable arrived and said, this is how I want to coach. This is the kind of team that I'm going to have. And then they kind of stumbled 
Cousins with some wins maybe even he wasn't expecting with the guys that he had. He's like, well, dang, maybe I can do it. I'm really curious what Brian Dable wants to do with this offense. Are these his two best options for his vision for this team? Because Joe Shane is going to say things like this. He's going to say, I want them back, of course. It would be the headline if he said, I didn't want them back yesterday. Yeah. I always try to think of the reverse. But what does Dable want? What is the direction that Dable is taking this team? Is this the identity or is it, no, I need more wide outs. I'm going to go running back by committee. I'm going to you know, where is the money going to be invested from Dable's perspective? That's what I'm most curious about. And I about. think, too, when you talk about best options, Daniel Jones hasn't been the best, but it's like, all right, what's available? Derek Carr is available. Do we think if we bring Derek Carr in, is that an instant upgrade over Daniel Jones? Saquon Barkley, all right, Josh Jacobs is a free agent as well, but he's probably going to cost more than a Saquon Barkley. So I think when we say best, to your point, by committee, you can go out and get some other guys. Kareem Hunt's a free agent. Dante Foreman's a free agent. So you can find ways to mix it. They 100% need more receivers in there mm -hmm. as weapons around him. But best option to me, if I'm the Giants, build off of what you were able to do last year. Peter, you mentioned that Daniel Jones changed agencies and now the number that people are hearing that he requires matches up with probably the market for quarterbacks right now. How do you think the Giants should proceed here? number that was thrown out early was $45 million, which would blow out the market for quarterbacks. And I think a lot of Giants fans rolled their eyes and said, if he wants $45 million, go find it. Like, I don't, I don't know where you're going to find it. And I think that when you change your agency at this point, six days from free agency, it tells you that maybe he wasn't thrilled. Now, what Tom mentioned, which is really interesting, said he's hired the same group that represented Dak Prescott through his recent contract negotiations. Dak Prescott, of course, was franchise tagged for one year and then did sign that massive extension with the Dallas Cowboys. In a way, maybe this is one of of those deals where Daniel Jones says, I'll take the franchise tag, the average of the top five salaries, it's going to be something around $33 million, maybe a little bit higher when it all comes out in the wash for next year, kick the can and then we do this all over again next year. And then if he wants to be franchise tagged again, the number escalates even more. He would be the youngest quarterback ever franchise tagged at 26 years old. This is his rookie contract being franchise tagged. So rare that a rookie contract isn't picked up on the fifth year option, which was what the case was with Daniel Jones. But to your point, Jamie, Joe Shane didn't draft Daniel Jones. Brian Dable did not draft Daniel Jones. They inherited Daniel Jones. And I don't think even them expected the season that he had. But at $45 million, no, that's not going to be the number for Daniel Jones. Is there some wiggle room? Is there a way? Franchise tag does seem like the most likely option, especially with the agency that he just brought in. That's a huge cap hit, though, that New York would have to take on just in that single season yep. to franchise tag him. But again, it does give them one more year of trying to figure out what direction they're going in at that position in particular. Shregs, thank you. I know uh, Brad Holmes is going to be joining you soon, so we'll get back to you in Indianapolis in a little bit. Uh, Will Silva, of course, is still out on the West mm -hmm. Coast because he holds it down for us in the news department. When things go awry, we That's have right. Will to lean on. Will, what do we need to know this morning? In Dallas, we know Dak Prescott is the starting QB, but the Cowboys made a lot of changes on offense when it comes to the coaching staff. Kellen Moore is out as the OC, and Brian Schottenheimer is now in. And Coach Mike McCarthy will also call the plays in 2023. Our very own Jane Slater spoke with Stephen Jones about the changes. When you look at the last two seasons, Stephen, winning record, visits to the postseason went even deeper this year. Why the desire to change the coaching staff? Because it felt like you were in getting incrementally better every year. Why we're not, make we're not satisfied with where we got to. We've got to take the next step. I mean, you know, since... I guess 95, we hadn't been to a championship game. And so we weren't good enough this year. We have to accept that, and uh, we have to improve. So that gets into looking at your coaching staff, looking at your players, looking where you, I mean, you got to look at everything, look at what Jerry and I are doing. Everybody's got to check themselves out and see why we're not getting it done. 
Back-to-back, 12-5 and five seasons, reaching the divisional round for the first time in four years. But as he mentioned, it's been a long time since they hoisted that Lombardi trophy, 27 years to be exact. Well, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit. <laughs> in the middle of that sound, these three esteemed former players looked at each other in a way that I'm very curious about. Why are y'all making faces about the fact that a play-calling change is coming for the Dallas Cowboys? I like it from Mike McCarthy. Like, If, if I'm the head coach and there's always speculation around my job. Well, let it all fall on me. Let me call the plays and see how we do. But hearing Stephen Jones say, all right, it hasn't been good enough. We, we need to get back to a title game, back to competing for Lombardi. I mean, they didn't make that many changes. I mean, Mark McCarthy is still the head coach. Dan Quinn came back, obviously, on defense, which was huge for them as an organization. But I don't really see a move that they made where it's just like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, now they're going to be able to get to the Super Bowl and be able to win it and bring that glory back to Dallas. So, yes, for McCarthy, let it all fall on me. I'll fall on the sword on my own merit. But at the same time, this is the same Cowboys team. Mm-hmm. Well, I always think it's funny because you see he said it wasn't good enough. So when it's not good enough, what do we do? We look at the coaching staff and we look at the players. Well, you guys are making the decisions. Do, right. do you ever say, like, maybe we should talk? You know, maybe we need to figure this out. Hey, man, like, should dad fire me? Like, is, is that what's going Like, I'm always interested. I think it's so funny in all of these situations. It's always usually the head coach. And if the head coach coaches offense or he's an offensive mind, then it's the offense's problem. Or fire your defensive coordinator. Or the quarterback's bad. Like, sometimes we're not making the right decision at the top. And that's the reason we're not back in a title game. Yeah, I love both of your guys' thoughts here. It, I love him taking on the ownership because I've been really critical of Mike McCarthy over the last couple of years. I really feel like he was the liability. Uh, a lot of the times in game management and things like that. I, I think it all got put on Kellen Moore, and I'm really happy as a Chargers fan that he's in <laughs> Los Angeles, by the way. Thank you, Cowboys. And and to your point, what's the common common denominator in the last 20, you know, 30 years or what it's been, right? It's been the Joneses. Are they taking a real honest look in the mirror? You know, that's so I love you guys' points on that. It is the Cowboys and we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, you know, information is power. I can't wait for another season of us trying to figure (laughs) out if this is the right answer. And if it's not, we'll be here next year. We'll have this exact (laughs) conversation and we'll be like, well, they made this one tiny change and like then 2024 will be it. It's a ride. It's a ride with the Cowboys. I do think they need a a true number one wide receiver. I think the loss of Amari Cooper last year was Felt Even more. with how C.D. Lamb played this year. Mm. He played great, but he could be better if he's put in the slot predominantly, mm. allowing a number one guy on the outside. I just I think that makes them more dominant. I don't think they expected to maybe struggle with that in and out mm. until he had a bigger game down the stretch. Speaking wow. of dominance, the team that came on in the back half of the season are the Detroit Lions. Everyone was pretty fired up to talk about them. A little bit of a disappointment, the fact that they did not make the playoffs. Maybe next year, and we know Peter Schrager will talk to Lions GM Brad Holmes about that and what they're focused on ahead of this upcoming season season, especially at the quarterback position, which is kind of a curious case. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? 
or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good morning, football. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. We're live here at the NFL Draft Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, and I am joined by the general manager of the Detroit Lions, Brad Holmes. Welcome to Good Morning Football, my friend. Thanks for having me, Peter. I'm looking at your shirt. It's got a Lions logo, and it says Villain. You're laughing, but there is something fierce about that sweatshirt as we're here and 31 other teams are looking at the GM saying, what is that all about? What is the statement and what is the mindset? You know, um, this is something that we kind of came up over time just with inside of our personnel and scouting department, um, just about what we're all about, what we're trying to find, and um, just, you know, the guys that fit our culture. So um, I can't give up too much, but yeah, I like uh, yeah it no, it's something that's 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 within our building and then it's, it's on our walls and uh, it's something that we believe in. Man. I think it's a great mantra and it's a great way to look you put yourself with the black hat on you're no longer this like fun feel-good story like now we're coming in and we're going to make some noise i think week 18 was a statement to not only the national football league but to the rest of the country technically nothing to play for go into lambo knock those guys out of the playoffs and make a statement how do you guys feed off that and keep the ball going that was a big game for us you know we wanted to end the season on a winning note you know and we knew the implications in terms of if we could know if we're going to the playoffs or have a chance or you know that we're we're out of it but at the end of the day our football team, what Dan, how Dan leads our team, those guys play hard, man, and it's regardless. And that was a playoff game for us, but it was cool to show the the, the world on national TV uh, what we're all about. And, you know, we're heading in the right direction. I'm really glad for our players. They did a great job. And, you know, I'm really happy for our city, the city of Detroit, because they've been through some tough times for a long time, but just to hear the optimism, hear the hope that they have right now is cool. But we still got work to do. Yeah. We, we still got to keep working. Um, you know, continue to build this roster, do it the right way. But, you know, we're not done yet. You look at the roster, and a year ago, we would have called it the Stafford trade. Well, now it's the Stafford golf trade because I think golf had this great year, and it's, hey, we could look at these guys as equals. But you also have the Hawkinson trade that you made midseason. I'm looking at your draft picks. You have a sixth overall pick, an 18th overall pick, multiple second round picks, a third round pick. This is going to be a very important draft for the Detroit Lions. How are you approaching it? We're just going to continue the same approach that we've always had, and just we want to add good football players that fit our culture.
culture and um, guys that we love and guys that are truly fits. And I've talked about about free agency, about, you know, we're always strategic and selective and finding the right guys. Well, we'll continue the same process in the draft. And I think in the past, it's like, you know, in terms of free agency, can we get guys that can really fit our culture or do, do guys want to come to Detroit and all that? But when it comes to the draft, we want guys that fit our culture. And that's when we're going to get the best football player for us. Yeah, and you're looking at some of the drafts you guys had in recent years. Last year, you had Aiden Hutchinson, but you also get Houston, the pass rusher. You also bring these defensive backs that not everyone had heard of. The young core. How happy are you that they're developing and they're coming together as well? Yeah, no, that was exciting to see. You know, obviously, um, we have some improvements to do on uh, defense as a whole, but I will say we drafted six defensive players in last year's draft, and five of those six end up being core pieces of our team. So those guys had to grow together. You know, you take a little lumps early on, mm-hmm. but those guys learn how to win, and it was a cool maturation process to see with all those guys. Yeah, I want to ask about the quarterback because in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft, which is the Bible here on NFL Network, <laughs> with that 18th pick, there was a quarterback selected. Jared Goff had this great year, but we do know his contract number and all that. Is there a scenario where you could see a young quarterback selected by the Detroit Lions in those first two picks? Yeah, you know, it just has to make sense. You know, obviously, we like Jared. He's our starter, but we don't have a lot behind him, and so um, we're kind of going sliding into home plate at the very end off a of training camp trying to find a backup quarterback sure. and able to get Nate Sudfeld and did a nice job for us. You know, and you know, we've had these open, transparent conversations about we're happy with Jared. He's our starter, but we need to add some pieces in that room overall. So whether it's in, you know, free agency or, you know, in the draft, you know, we, we just got to get somebody to continue to develop. We could talk about the players and in the roster, but the coaching staff had a major win this offseason, too, when you see both Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson, the defensive and offensive coordinator, two of the hottest names in coaching, both come back. And in Ben's case, taking his name out of head coaching interviews, saying, no, 36 years old, I'm the hot name. I'd rather be the offensive coordinator of the Lions and even interview for head coaching jobs. What'd that say about him, but also what'd that say about what you guys are building in Detroit? Yeah, exactly. You hit it on the head. Um, it's a testament of our culture, and you know, Dan's done a great job keeping continuity, but you have to have a good coach, and guys want, and guys have to want to come back, and we saw that with Ben. You know, luckily we saw that with AG, and to be able to get those guys back in, I think continuity is so important, you know, and especially, you know, you asked about the quarterback position, yeah. you know, as good as Jared was, well, how good is Jared going to be second year with Ben Johnson and even more comfortable. So um, those are all wins for us, just keeping that continuity, but still knowing that we got to hold ourselves accountable and still do a good job. There's this thing where we do our show not just September to February. We do our show in May, in June, in July. And Kyle Brent and I were laughing on the show last week. We're like, the Lions are that team, aren't they? And the lines that we're going to be talking about, and suddenly the momentum builds, and it's the hot team of August. And how do you keep expectations where they should be? And how do you not have the players read the headlines that, hey, everyone's picking us to do something huge this year? I give a lot of credit to Dan about how he leads our football team, and he makes sure the message is clear. And, you know, we have a culture of accountability. And, you know, we often say that we're trying to do it the right way, but sometimes the right way is kind of the, the hard way. And sometimes we got to take the hard road. And all of our players understand that. The entire building is unified in that message. So, um, again, we just got to keep developing that trust in terms of building this roster right, keeping our culture intact, and uh, hopefully just keep it forward. Third and seven, big play, huge moment in the Lions season, and there's Penny Sewell going out for a pass. (laughs) 
I know you're in the front office and you're not there calling the plays per se, but I know you're in the building. When you see that or you see a hook and ladder in week 18 on a fourth and two, like the offensive ingenuity of this team was really cool this year. Yeah. And that stood out as well. Yeah. Uh, well, Pinay, you know, he is, uh, <laughs> I want to say the first time I saw that in practice, I was like, I was kind of far away and I thought I was looking at a tight end, <laughs> you know, and I was like, wait, who's that big tight end? I was like, well, I think is I should know that guy. What but is that number? Yeah. No, um, he's a really gifted athlete and he's a core centerpiece of our football team and obviously when he did the motion and caught that pass and it just I thought that was kind of a statement play about you know what our offense is about what our players are about how Dan likes to lead our football team you know we like to have fun we want to be explosive we want to be entertaining and uh, I think I know the world's starting to see it. that's not the same Detroit Lions yeah no and it's cool to watch they've got that villain label now which is interesting um I'll say <laughs> Dan Campbell's our favorite character in the NFL. Hard Knocks was gold for us. We like treated it like it was an episode of The Sopranos on Monday mornings. We came in and we were like, let's break it down. You worked with McVay in Los yeah. Angeles. Dan Campbell here. I'm not going to ask you who's the better coach because that's not what we do. But I'm going to ask you, if you were in an octagon and we had a three-minute battle, a scrap, Dan Campbell versus Sean McVay and Les Snead, they can combine. It's two-on-one. Who's coming out there? Who's winning that battle? Oh, man. That's a good one. You put me on the spot there. You're not involved. Uh, you're just an you're just an objective. Well, I wouldn't want to be in an I wouldn't be I wouldn't want to be in an octagon as close as me and Dan are. You know, <laughs> and we're in close quarters often. But if he's in that mode of wanting to like really duke it out, which uh, you know, I'm probably ex- exiting that octagon. But they're completely different. You know, they're, they're, they're all different. So that's my way to kind of dodge that question. But I got so much respect for McVay yeah. and Les and, and you know, kind of like what they did and what they built out there. Went in a Super Bowl in their home state. I mean, that's probably about the biggest feat as possible, but it does fuel, you know, me and Dan about, you know, like, hey, let's build this thing the right way and, you know, let's see if we can get to our place. You guys certainly are. No comment from Brad Holmes on who would win in a fight. (laughs) Sean McVay and Les Snead versus Dan Campbell. Um, but awesome comments here. So appreciate you coming on Good Morning Football. Everyone's excited to see this franchise and see what they do over the next three weeks and also the next 12 months. Um, but it's a testament to what you're building. And congratulations to you. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate you having this me. This is awesome stuff. Thank you. Uh, more Good Morning Football after this. The Eagles are a hot topic right now. Should this no longer be? Is this a cheat code what the Eagles do on fourth and one and just everyone just scrums and jail? We'll talk about it back on the show. We got competition committee talk. Stay here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, football! So, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll and uh, their general manager, John Schneider, are currently in Indianapolis for the Combine, and naturally it didn't take long for questions about their former quarterback rolling in. Schneider was asked yesterday about the athletic report that claimed Russell Wilson went to ownership in Seattle to request the firing of both Schneider and Carroll at the end of the 2021 season. Instead, Wilson was shipped to Denver, and uh, John Schneider had the final response yesterday. Honestly, like water under the bridge. We're really proud of our culture. Players, when they play for us and when they leave and then they come back at a certain time, like I wouldn't have told you that, you know, Marshawn would have come back and played for us, but you could kind of believe it now. I think they all know that at the end of the day, they can come back. They're always going to be part of our family. Open for interpretation what water under the bridge means, <laughs> but we're going to make this our first topic for Whiteboard Wednesday. Got two rookies on Whiteboard Wednesday. We have these questions to fill in the blank, and you open for interpretation how you want to represent your answer on your whiteboard, okay? Some pictures are drawn, sometimes phrases, anything you want to do. I'm ready. All right, so the headline, because this story we just talked about is from last season. So the headliner story from 2022 that you think is now water under the bridge is, Jason, you get to go first. I'm going to start us off, and water under the bridge, a story that was talked about. Jamie, me and you had a lot of discussions about this story. I'm going with Zach Wilson. They put up three points against the New England Patriots, and the postgame presser, he's asked, like, hey, do you feel bad? Do you take onus on this? And it was a simple answer. No. And he moved on to the next question. Oh. It was just like, that was the end of the press conference. And everybody called him a uh, spoiled brat and all of these different things. <laughs> and I'm just saying, you know what? Water under the bridge. He was punished. He was taken out of the starting lineup. He became a backup. He went through so many different things with that happened after this answer and this game for Zach Wilson. Let's move forward. Let's let this guy go into the offseason. There's going to be a veteran that's brought in. Let him move forward and let him progress and learn under whatever veteran when they bring in Derek Carr, and now we'll move forward. I'm going water under the bridge. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, do they hate each other? Did we not watch the Let's Go podcast? It was a love fest. It's all love. Water under the bridge, 20 years, so much success, greatest dynasty in football history, probably the greatest dynasty in all sports 
other than the Celtics. Are the Patriots paying you to like talk positive, like to help them out in I the mean, media? Look at the, my look at my contracts. Did yeah, the hoodie text you and say, "Can you just like have this become water under the bridge? Are you speaking it into existence?" No, right no texts were exchanged uh. in my water under the bridge. Okay. Uh, segment. We're gonna mm. have to take your phone and look. Take off, Ryan. What do you got? All right, my water under the bridge is uh, superchargers. Oh. Okay, water under the bridge. Brandon Staley, that you chose to start and play Mike Williams, Bosa, and Mr. Justin Herbert in a meaningless game when your playoff game was already set. I was absolutely furious. I think everybody else was. But then you went and you saved everything. You went and got Kellen Moore. You're, you're giving my man Justin Herbert life again. So that's that's water under the bridge, everybody, in, in La La Land. Very good. That Yeah, you you were hot about that. Yeah. I was hot about the Zach Wilson thing. That was a good one. I, this is actually yes. very therapeutic. Um, I think this person hopes this becomes water under the bridge, and with a new head coach, maybe it will, because remember when Kyler Murray had an independent study clause in his contract? Remember when Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray were yelling at each other on the sideline of a game? Pretty much anything that went down with Kyler Murray last season, I think he is hoping becomes water under the bridge with a new coaching staff. I mean, look at that. It literally, the optics is so rough. Kyler had some really great moments last season and some really, really tough ones to go down. He has a challenging narrative ahead of him, I think, to come bounce back from not only his injury, but also everything that occurred last season with the massive contract he was given. And then to be told that you have to put the work in when it comes to the playbook and not your video games. Woof. I know he thinks he wants this to be water under the bridge. All right. Good job, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.